Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day in that email. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 9, The Correction of Error, with Section 6, Salvation and God's Will. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of today's today's lesson. We'll pause to remember today's lesson. Um, Lesson 107, Truth Will Correct All Errors in My Mind. And that will be led by friends. Thank you, friends. Lori, do you have uh, one of your wonderful poetic openings for this call this morning? Oh, thanks, Lemoyne. I do, and what a gift it is from Helen Schuckman's book, The Gifts of God. This one is called The Risen Sun. Be still, my soul, and rest upon the Lord in quiet certainty, for he has come to rescue you from doubt. And now you stand in blazing glory of a risen risen sun that cannot set. It will forever be exactly as it is. You stand with him within a radiance prepared for you before time was and far beyond its reach. Be still and know. And knowing, be you sure your Lord has come to you. There is no doubt that stands before his countenance nor can conceal from you what he would have you see. The sun has risen. He has come at last. Where stands his presence, there can be no past. Be still, my soul, and rest upon the Lord who comes to keep the promise of his word. Truth will correct all errors in my mind. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lori. That's so perfect. Okay. Mm. The gifts of God, huh? Thanks, guys.
All right, uh, I have uh, on uh, in our list this morning. I have with us in reading um, Lori Harrison, Donna. Excuse me, Lori Harrison, Fran, Robin Marie, and Donna. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to join the list or? Or just say good morning. Good morning. This is Jessica, and I would love to read. Great. Thank you, Jessica. Anyone else you'd like to announce? Say good morning or join the reading list? All right, well, give you another chance. Okay, I'll go ahead and get us started then with Chapter 9, The Correction of Error, Section 6, Salvation and God's Will. God's will is your salvation. Would he not have given you the means to find it? He wills you to have it. He must have made it possible and very easy to obtain it. Your brothers are everywhere. You do not have to seek far for salvation. Every minute and every second gives you a chance to save yourself. Do not lose these chances, not because they will not return, but because delay of joy is needless. God wills you perfect happiness now. Is it possible that this is not also your will? And is it possible that this is not also the will of your brothers? Lori. Chapter 9, The Correction of Error, Section 6, Salvation and God's Will. God's will is your salvation. Would he not have given you the means to find it? If he wills you to have it, he must have made it possible and very easy to obtain. Your brothers are everywhere. You do not have to seek far for salvation. Every minute and every second gives you a chance to save yourself. Do not lose these chances, not because they will not return, but because delay of joy is needless. God wills you perfect happiness now. Is it possible that this is not also your will? And is it possible that this is not also the will of your brothers? 39. Consider then that in this joint will you are all united, and in this only. There will be disagreement on anything else, but not on this. This, then, is where peace abides, and you abide in peace when you so decide. Yet you cannot abide in peace unless you accept the atonement, because the atonement is the way to peace. The reason is very simple and so obvious that it is often overlooked. That is because the ego is afraid of the obvious, since 
obviousness is the essential characteristic of reality. Yet you cannot overlook it unless you are not looking. Thank you, Lori and Harrison. Thirty-nine. Consider then that in this joint will you are all united, and in this only there will be disagreements on anything else but not on this. This, then, is where peace abides, and you abide in peace when you so decide. Yet, you cannot abide in peace unless you accept the atonement, because the atonement is the way to peace. The reason is very simple and so obvious that it is often overlooked. That is because the ego is afraid of the obvious, since obviousness is the essential characteristic of reality. Yet you cannot overlook it because you are not looking for It is perfectly obvious that if the Holy Spirit looks with love on all he perceives, he looks with love on you. His evaluation of you is based on his knowledge of what you are. And so he evaluates you truly. And this evaluation must be in your mind because he is. The ego is also in your mind because you have accepted it there. Its evaluation of you, however, is the exact opposite of the Holy Spirit's because the ego does not love you. It is unaware of what you are and wholly mistrustful of everything it perceives because its own perceptions are so shifting. The ego is therefore capable of suspiciousness at best and viciousness at worst. That is its range. It cannot exceed it because of its uncertainty. And it can never go beyond it because it can never be certain. Thank you, Harrison. And friend. 40. It is perfectly obvious 
Now, if the Holy Spirit looks with love on all he perceives, he looks with love on you. His evaluation of you is based on his knowledge of what you are. And so he evaluates you truly. And this evaluation must be in your mind because he is. The ego is also in your mind because you have accepted it there. Its evaluation of you, however, is the exact opposite of the Holy Spirit because the ego does not love you. It is unaware of what you are and wholly mistrustful of everything it perceives because its own perceptions are so shifting. The ego is therefore capable of suspiciousness at best and viciousness at worst. That is its range. It cannot exceed it because of its uncertainty. And it can never go beyond it because it can never be certain. 41. You then have two conflicting evaluations of yourself in your mind. And they cannot both be true. You do not yet realize how completely different these evaluations are because you do not understand how lofty the Holy Spirit's perception of you really is. He is not deceived by anything you do, because he never forgets what you are. The ego is deceived by everything you do, even when you respond to the Holy Spirit, because at such times its confusion increases. The ego is, therefore, particularly likely to attack you when you react lovingly because it has evaluated you as unloving and you are going against its judgment. Thank you, Bren. And Robin Marie. Forty-one. You then have two conflicting evaluations of yourself in your minds, and they cannot both be true. You do not realize how completely different these evaluations are because you do not understand how lofty the Holy Spirit's perception of you really is. He is not deceived by anything you do because he never forgets what you are. The ego is deceived by everything you do, even when you respond to the Holy Spirit, because at such times its confusion increases. The ego is therefore particularly likely to attack you when you react lovingly, because it has evaluated you as unloving, and you are going against its judgment. 42. The ego will begin to attack your motives as soon as they become clearly out of accord with its perception of you. This is when it will shift abruptly from suspiciousness to viciousness, since its uncertainty is increased. Yet it is surely pointless to attack in return. What can this mean except that you are agreeing with the ego's evaluation of what you are? If you are willing to see yourself as unloving, you will not be happy. You are condemning yourself and must therefore regard yourself as inadequate. Would you look to the ego to help you escape from a sense of inadequacy it has produced and must maintain for its existence? 
Can you escape from its evaluation of you by using its methods for keeping this picture intact? Thank you, Robin Marie. And Donna. Forty-two. The ego began to attack your motives as soon as they become clearly out of accord with its perception of you. This is when it will shift abruptly from suspiciousness to viciousness, since its uncertainty is increased. Yet it is surely pointless to attack it in return. What can this mean except that you are agreeing with the ego's evaluation of what you are? If you are willing to see yourself as unloving, you will not be happy. You are condemning yourself and must therefore regard yourself as inadequate. Would you look to the ego to help you escape from a sense of inadequacy it has produced and must maintain? For its existence? Can you escape from its evaluation of you by using its methods to keep this picture intact? 43. You cannot evaluate an insane belief system from within it. Its own range precludes this. You can only go beyond it, look back from a point where sanity exists, and see the contrast. Only by this contrast can insanity be judged as insane. With the grandeur of God in you, you have chosen to be little and to lament your littleness. Within the system which dictated this choice, the lament is inevitable. Your littleness is taken for granted there, and you do not ask, quote, who granted it, end quote. The question is meaningless within the ego's thought system because it opens the whole thought system to question. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. Thank you. 43. You cannot evaluate an insane belief system from within it. Its own range precludes this. You can only go beyond it, look back from a point where sanity exists, and see the contrast. Only by this contrast can insanity be judged as insane? With the grandeur of God in you, you have chosen to be little and to lament your littleness. Within the system which dictated this choice, the lament is inevitable. Your littleness is taken for granted there, and you do not ask, who granted it? The question is meaningless within the ego's thought system because it opens the whole thought system to question. 44. We said before 
that the ego does not know what a real question is. Lack of knowledge of any kind is always associated with unwillingness to know and produce a total lack of knowledge simply because knowledge is total. Not to question your littleness, therefore, is to deny all knowledge and keep the ego's whole thought system intact. You cannot retain part of a thought system because it can be questioned only at its foundation. And this must be questioned from beyond it because within it, its foundation does stand. The Holy Spirit judges against the reality of the ego's thought system merely because he knows its foundation is not true. Therefore, nothing that arises from it means anything. The Holy Spirit judges every belief you hold in terms of where it comes from. If it comes from God, he knows it to be true. If it does not, he knows that it is meaningless. Well, thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 44 through 46? This is Sandra. I can read. 46. Thank you, 44 through 46. Please go ahead. Okay. 44. We said before that the ego does not know what a real question is. Lack of knowledge of any kind is always associated with unwillingness to know and produces a total lack of knowledge simply because knowledge is total. Not to question your littleness, therefore, is to deny all knowledge and keep the ego's whole thought system intact. You cannot retain part of the thought system because it can be questioned only at its foundation. And this must be questioned from beyond it it because within it, its foundation does stand. The Holy Spirit judges against the reality of the ego's thought system merely because he knows its foundation is not true. Therefore, nothing that arises from it, from it means anything. The Holy Spirit judges every belief you hold in terms of where it comes from. If it comes from God, he knows it to be true. If it does not, he knows it he knows that it is meaningless whatever you question you value god himself is incomplete without me uh, thank you sandra and i think i heard judy would you read uh, please read 45 through 47 Love to. Thank you, Lemoyne. Whenever you question your value, say, God is incomplete without me. God himself 
is incomplete without me. Remember this when the ego speaks and you will not hear it. The truth about you is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of you. Again, the truth about you is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of you. Choose, then, what you want in these terms and accept nothing that you would not offer to God as holy, fitting for Him, for you do not want anything else. Return your part of Him and He will give you all of Himself in exchange for your return of what belongs to him and renders him complete. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader who would like to conclude with 45 through 47? Good morning, it's Karen. 45. Whenever you question your value, say, God himself is incomplete without me. Remember this when the ego speaks, and you will know the truth about you is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of you. Understand what you want in these terms and accept nothing that you would not offer to God as holy fitting for him, for you do not want anything else. Remember your part of him, and he will give you all of himself in exchange for your return of what belongs to him and renders him complete. Lemoyne, you're muted. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was just starting to get rolling, too. Okay. <laughs> Interestingly, I was pointing out, I think there's one person unmuted, um, but that does not... does not... Uh, I don't think that uh, that should determine. Okay. Section 6. Salvation and God's will. God's will is your salvation. He wills you to have it. You must have made it possible and very easy to obtain it. Your brother's are everywhere. Every minute and every second gives you a chance to save yourself. 
do not lose these chances, not because they will not return, but because delay of joy is needless. God wills you perfect happiness now. Is it possible that this is not also your will? And is it possible that this is not also the will of your brothers? Okay. Consider that in this joint will, you are all united, and in this only. There will be disagreement on anything else, but not on this. This, then, is where peace abides. Yet you cannot abide in peace unless you accept the atonement, because the atonement is the way to peace. going here. The reason is very simple and so obvious it is often overlooked. That is because the ego is afraid of the obvious since obviousness is the essential characteristic of reality. (coughs) Yet you cannot overlook the obvious unless you are not looking. It is perfectly obvious that if that the Holy Spirit looks with love on all he perceives, so he looks with love on you. The ego is also in your mind because you have accepted it there. Its evaluation of you, however, is the exact opposite because the ego does not love you. It remains unaware of what you are and wholly mistrustful of everything it perceives because its own perceptions are so shifting. Because of its uncertainty. Can't go beyond the range of suspiciousness to viciousness because it can never be certain. So, we have two conflicting evaluations of ourselves in our minds, and they cannot both be true. Yet, we do not realize how completely different these evaluations are, because we don't get how lofty the Holy Spirit's perception of each of us really is. Okay. Would you look to the ego to help you escape from the sense of inadequacy it has produced? and must maintain for its existence? Can you escape from its evaluation of you by using its methods for keeping this picture intact? You cannot evaluate an insane belief system from within it. Its own range precludes you. You can only go beyond it, look back from a point where sanity exists, 
and see the contrast. Only by this contrast can insanity be judged as insane. With the grandeur of God in you, you have chosen to be little and to lament your littleness. Within the system which dictated this choice, the lament is inevitable. Your littleness is taken for granted there, and you do not ask who granted it. Who granted this The question is meaningless within the ego's thought system only because it opens the whole thought system question. We said before the ego does not know what a real question is. Lack of knowledge of any kind is always associated with unwillingness to know and produces a total lack of knowledge because knowledge is total. Not to question your littleness, therefore, is to deny all knowledge and keep the ego's whole thought system intact. <coughs> thought system can be questioned only at its foundation, and this must be questioned from beyond it, because within it, foundation does stand. The Holy Spirit judges against the reality of the ego's thought system merely because he knows its foundation is not true. Therefore, nothing that arises from it means anything. The Holy Spirit judges every belief you hold in terms of where it comes from. If it comes from God, he knows it to be true. If it does not, he knows that it is meaningless. Whenever you question your value, say, God himself is incomplete without me. Remember this when the ego speaks, and you will not hear its voice of separation. The truth about you is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of you. Choose then what you want on these terms and accept nothing that you would not offer to God as wholly fitting for him, for you do not want anything. Return your part of him and he will give you all of himself in exchange for your return of what belongs to him and you and renders him and you complete. We have a few minutes before the top of the hour. Um, short chair, possible. Floor is open. Thank, thank you, Lemoyne. Yeah, thank you, Lemoyne. Thanks, Lemoyne. Thanks, Lemoyne. Awesome, Lemoyne. Thank you. Morning, this is Sandra. The correction of error. Boy, it's a big error for me to think that um, I'm less than perfect. It's a big error for me to think that I'm unworthy. 
then I'm not good enough. <laughs> it's a big error for me to think that I can't have what I want, that I'm a reject, that <laughs> there's something wrong with me. Why would I think like the ego? That's the way the ego thinks. Why wouldn't I choose to see myself the way the Holy Spirit sees myself, which is perfect and healed and whole? <laughs> um, so, so I'm just going to keep embracing the truth about me, God's truth about me, not not how other humans who who believed in the same error that I believed in, that I was less than perfect. And and the, the, the here's the clincher. The clincher is is that I can't know myself to be perfect and whole and complete unless I see that in my brother too. Which means I have to overlook their egoic behavior. And I have to forgive it actually. And know that it's not even who they are. Not who I am either. The egoic behavior that I express and, and exhibit. It's not the truth of me. And I'm so glad it's not. I'm complete. Beautiful, Sandra. Thank you. Me, me too, yeah, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you. Words of wisdom, Sandra. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm really taken by... Um, you know, paragraph 44, um, that the ego doesn't know what a real question is. It can't ask, it can't ask, who am I? Because it doesn't know. The ego itself is a false belief that I am a body and that I am a separate mind with separate private thoughts. And every question that arises from a, a mistaken perception is by nature going to be a false question. It's not even going to be an, an honest or a real or a true question. And somewhere in the text it speaks about that, that, that the ego can't know anything and that God and my ego will never meet. They are diametrically opposed and irrecon ir irreconcilable. The belief that I am the kingdom of God and that I am an ego are just irreconcilable. They're, they're, they deny, what the ego says I am denies the truth of who I am. So that, you know, the questioning, this, and it has to be questioned at its foundation. I'm back to paragraph 44. Because um, not to question it, not to, to look at the fear in me, that the ego would hide or diminish or ignore or minimize the illusion of it. The ego doesn't want me to, to recognize that I'm afraid of it, that it is fear itself. So it goes on pretending it's something. You know, it's got power. It can, it can, it, it can do something. And when it can't do anything... Of itself, it has no power whatsoever. It's nothing. It's meaningless. And I like the way it um, spe it speaks of that. The Holy Spirit judges against the reality of the ego's thought system merely because he knows its foundation is not true. 
Nothing that arises from it means anything. The Holy Spirit judges every belief you hold in terms of where it comes from, at its foundation. So, I'm either all in with God and his truth of who created me, how he created me, what my function is as he created me, and what my role in the universe is. What my function in the universe is. To be happy, joyous, and free is the truth of how God created me. And I can't, I can't, um, I have to know the whole of it. Back to being the whole of and the totality of my reality. That judgment is part and partial, and it slices and dices my reality, and it's all the ego does is want to analyze bits and pieces of it. It doesn't want to just say, you know, I can't judge any of it. It's all God. It's all me. I'm only judging against myself if I judge against any of it. And um, this is just so beautiful to me. I just love the last paragraph. Um, that, you know, I listen to one voice and choose what I want in these terms. This is so beautiful. It gives me goosebumps for the second time. Choose what you want in these terms and accept nothing that you would not offer to God as wholly fitting for him for you. Do not want anything else. That I am a part of God and God is a part of me. I am his one son, and in that totality, God is all in all, and I am one with my Father. That's huge. It's absolutely huge, so huge, that many minds, selective, concrete perceptions cannot even think about it. So, ergo, here we grow. Thank you, Yogi Chris. With a wink and a nod to God and all of you, I hope you have a joyful day. <laughs> thank you, Judy. That was yeah, thank you, Judy. A delight. Well, thank you, Judy. And uh, yeah, I. I I was guided to something that happened repeatedly, pointed towards it, but particularly in the context of reading today. Something from Chapter 8, <clears throat> The Power of Joint Decision, Section 6. It says, There is no question but one you should ever ask of yourself. And that is, Do I want to know my Father's will for me? He will not hide it. It says, our function is to function together because apart from each other, we cannot function at all. The whole power of God's Son lies in all of us, but not in any of us alone. God would not have us be alone because He does not will to be alone. That is why He created His Son and gave him the power to create with him. And with that, I'd like to turn to you, friend, for leading us through Lesson 107, The Truth Will Correct All Errors. <laughs> 
Thanks, Lemoyne. Yeah, thanks, Lemoyne. Hi, guys. Uh, we are still in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 107. So I shall read from the lesson, then we'll do a top-of-the-hour five-minute practice. <clears throat> okay, Lesson 107. Truth will correct all errors in my mind. What can correct illusions but the truth? And what are errors but illusions that remain unrecognized for what they are? Where truth has entered, errors disappear. From dust to dust they come and go, for only truth remains. Can you imagine what a state of mind without illusions is? How it would feel? Without illusions, there could be no fear no doubt, no attack. When truth has come, all pain is over. But there is no room for transitory thoughts and dead ideas to linger in your mind. When truth has come, it does not stay a while to disappear or change to something else. It stays exactly as it always was, to be dependent on, in every need and trusted with a perfect trust in all the seeming difficulties. When truth has come, it harbors in its wings the gift of perfect constancy and love. Here is the gift of healing. Illusions can be brought to truth to be corrected, but the truth stands far beyond illusions and cannot be brought to them to turn them into truth. Truth does not come and go, nor shift, nor change. It is impossible that anyone could seek it truly and would not succeed. Today belongs to truth. Give truth its due, and it will give you yours. <clears throat> we do not doubt we walk with truth today and count on it to enter into all the exercises that we do this day. Begin by asking him, who goes with you upon this understanding that he be in your awareness as you go with him. Truth will correct all errors in your mind which tell you you could be apart from him. To share his function is to share his joy. His confidence is with you as you say, truth will correct all errors in my mind <clears throat> and I will rest in him who is myself. And then let him lead you gently to the truth which will envelop you and give you peace. And yet you will be glad to look upon again upon this world. For you will bring with you the promise of the changes which the truth that goes with you will carry to the world. Do not forget your function for today. We'll do our five-minute practice. Lesson 107, Truth Will Correct All Errors in My Mind.
What can correct illusions but the truth? Where truth has entered, errors disappear. Lesson 107, truth will correct all errors in my mind. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Fran, I'm just going to jump right in here. I'm, I'm psyched, and I have to leave early, so please forgive me. But um, this idea of having two evaluations, you know, that God is one, and, and, and reality is God's, it's not mine. And if I have a, a different evaluation of myself, than God does, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm the author of reality. This is a definite authority problem. <laughs> so who's right and who's wrong? Is God right and sane, or am I um, wrong and insane? I, I, I choose to see the latter and, and, the, and the former as, um, as my understanding today. Because one can't, one can't be true, and the other has, with the second one being true too. So you know, to to come to understand and claim and own that God's will for me is heaven, the kingdom of heaven. God created me as the kingdom of heaven, and and that my mind, the most beautiful of His creation, our mind as the most beautiful of his creation, can know this as the truth of who we are is such a beautiful thing. But as we've read in the text, the acceptance, I have to accept that as an idea beyond belief. It's because it's true. It's everywhere all the time. And beliefs are ideas that are fragmented in fragments and in part. So this is huge stuff. But the but the idea that that the truth will set me free because I already am free. There's never been anything in the world that could hurt me, harm me, or make me afraid because it's simply not the truth. Not one belief I ever had about myself being in the world, carefully examined and considered, has I've recognized how wrong I was in my holding those beliefs, down to the belief that I'm I'm merely a body, that I'm a brain and my mind is in my brain in my body. I've carefully considered that and examined. The evidence of it doesn't hold up. It's simply not the truth. I will not limit myself to or as only being merely a body. I'm a spiritual being with a mind that can encompass all of God's reality. And what is invisible and what I don't think I know is the truth. What I think I know is just part and partial of it. And what I think I understand is only part and partial of it. And I have to recognize the limitations of who and what I used to think I was. The littleness of that, which is in the text today, is imperative 
for me to understand what I should let go is what I'm not in order that I can open up my mind and my heart and ask the one who knows the truth, what am I? And let him reveal it to me. It's the only way I can find out. It's the only way I did find out is becoming an unsealed, open mind, completely blank slate, and ask, what is this thing? I'm a thought in the mind of God. What does that mean? Well, it's an experience that can be known. And I'm here to testify to it. Because it's an uns- once you recognize it and realize it and know it and own it and claim it, it never leaves you, no matter what the world superimposes on it, no matter what Judy's little mind superimposes on it, no matter what anything in the world superimposes on it. I've said that already. <laughs> but it's always there. My ground zero, changelessly. God doesn't change his mind about me, and I I never want to change my mind about him, that heaven goes with me wherever I go, and the perfect safety and the perfect comfort come to those who perfectly trust in the love of God and know that it's yours. Know that perfect love, the perfect love of God is in me. I said that prayer for so long. Make perfect to me what is perfect in me so I can know you and experience you and know how much I belong to you and you belong to me. That's all there is. There is nothing else. (laughs) Oh, I'm just wild with joy today. Thank you so much for being here. And with a wink and a nod to God and everything, uh, have a joyful day. Palpable, Judy. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. This is Harrison. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. That is the start of knowledge. That's the door I have to open in my mind to reach the truth of who I am. Whenever I question my value this reading says, God, I need to say, God himself is incomplete without me. And every value I hold in this world is a value that questions my value. When I think that 
I'm this personality called Harrison that has a history, a story to tell uh, from the first consciousness, the first glimmering of consciousness in my mind to now. If I believe that that is my reality, then it all reflects the incompleteness of God in me. I don't know who I am. And I need help. He says in today's lesson, what can correct illusions but the truth? And what are errors but illusions that remain unrecognized for what they are? Up until the time that I was introduced to the courses, the thought system taught by the course, I had no idea that I was living in an illusion. I was part of an illusion. Reminds me of one of my favorite movies, The Matrix, which is just whose idea was that we are living in an illusion. And we don't know it. But there is another world, a wholly different world. And from course perspective, it's called the real world, in which only truth abides. And illusions are recognized for what they are. And when we recognize illusions, they disappear to nothing. From dust to dust, they come and go. And only truth remains. Whenever I question my value, all I have to say is God himself is incomplete without me. 
Love that last paragraph. Remember this when the Israel speaks, and you will not hear it. God himself is incomplete without me. That's where I want to be. That's where I'm in. I'm complete. That's beautiful, Harrison. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. Yes, that's um, it's Robin Marie. I love this last line: "Return your part of him, and he will give you all of him of himself in exchange for your return of what belongs to him, and renders him complete." And that, to me, um, <clears throat> signifies very clearly how important everyone is and how uh, as we return to God we can not only see other people clearly but value their particular individualization and be able to experience it uh, with complete gratitude that they can do, that we all can do something that no one else in the world can do. And we can be a part of that. I like it. I love it. Thank you, everybody. It's a privilege. Thank you, Robin Marie. Me too. I love it. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you, Robin Marie. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, from paragraph 38, God's will is my salvation, and his will for me is perfect happiness now. When I join his will, he and I reunited. Um, when I feel like I'm truly home and lately I've been feeling so much gratitude, I just keep going back to thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you that I'm not, that I don't have to wait for some kind of like burning up of my karma before I can believe that you are with me and that I belong to you. I don't have to wait. It's true right now. It's my perfect happiness right now. It's God's will. I am so grateful that I can rest in God, that I can have it right this minute. It doesn't matter what's going on in the external world. It's here right now. I can have that. And that gives me peace. And it says it right here. The atonement is the way to peace. This is where peace abides. You abide in peace when you decide. 
You cannot abide in peace unless you accept the atonement. It's so simple. It's like, it's so simple. It clears everything away. It's just, if I can be in God, if I can feel safe and trust that I am already home, you know, I may not be able to manifest it perfectly, and I may still have moments where my ego comes up and I have to choose against it. But to have that is the greatest thing in the world to me. (laughs) And then it says, it is perfectly obvious that if the Holy Spirit looks with love on all he perceives, he looks with love on you. Well, when I unite my will with God, I join my will with the Holy Spirit, and I look on everything with love because I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not defending. I'm not fighting back. I'm not feeling inferior. When all of that is cleared away, there's nothing but love to bless everything. And truth corrects all errors in my mind. When I come into that alignment, all of the all of the falsehood just drops. It drops because it doesn't matter. And I come back into thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. I'm home. Thank you for letting me be home in you. The whole world disappears. Everything else vanishes. And I just want to stay in that one place where I feel my heart and I feel my connection with God and my wholeness. And I stay there and the rest of the world can do whatever it has to do, whatever it needs to do to be awakened. My part is to stay right there. Then, you know, there are moments where I feel like my ego gets louder, but I choose to let go of that. I choose not to go with it, whether it's a fear thought or an impatience or, you know, just a body identification. I let it go. Yep, truth will correct all errors in my mind, and God is incomplete without me. And I am home, so I am at peace. I am complete. Thank you. Amen. That just gave me goosebumps, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. you. I feel like there must be some transformational shift that has occurred in the past couple of weeks where I believe it, where I believe I am one with God again, and I am home. And something was removed that was giving me a a really hard time. And I'm so grateful for the call. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Karen. And don't you just love how he says when truth comes, it does not come and go. It does not come and go. That's, That's just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lori, for making that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting go of it, and I don't think it's going to vacillate. Not now. Thank you. Yeah, that blessed certainty. Thank you. 
This is Donna. I'm beginning to live my life looking out and seeing everyone as a sibling. What I understand about siblings, no matter whether you get along or not, you still love one another. And for some reason that has shifted my thinking. And when um, Karen was speaking, or I don't know, forgive me, quickly I forget. uh, every what came to me was toward the end of her her uh, lovely words were every thought every image is a seed planted on rocks or rich soil and that has meaning for me so I will be recalling that and remembering it as I go throughout my day. Um, investigating what kind of thoughts I'm carrying with me. And from paragraph 44, I got a prayer. It was, uh, let's see, somewhere about (laughs) two sentences in, uh, talking about the ego, talking about... um, what it does, talking about it came to me, what it is, and and it's just a mischoice that I apparently uh, bought into. So my prayer for me goes like this. I have made a miscreation, assuming I knew how to create intelligence other than God's and be successful at undoing my and be successful at undoing my very existence as God's own son. I forgive myself for this ignorant supposition and seeming action, knowing that I am one in God and letting Holy Spirit guide me home safely. Amen. I am complete. Well, that was a gift. Thank you, Donna. So we're at home again. Thank you. Thank you, Donna.
Hi, this is Ida. I want to say I've been enjoying the conversation and the sharing today. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ida. Glad you're here. Hi. Yes, thank you, Ida. I'm really glad that truth will correct all errors in my mind. And truth has done so over and over. Um, Maybe not all errors, but at least some major errors. (laughs) Like a lack of forgiveness, lack of love. Those are major errors right there. (laughs) If it corrects. If truth corrects lack of forgiveness and lack of love, you could almost say, I would think of it 
choose corrects all errors in my mind because I can't really think of any other errors <laughs> right now. Thanks. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. I really, I really think at this point in our uh, civilization that if we had a civilization where people were more in touch with each other, literally uh, hugging and touching and, and, and talking and being with each other, that it would help me and a lot of other people. But it's true that I have a partner, and that's wonderful. But often... I still feel alone, and I think a lot of people do. I've talked to some of them, and, um, you know, thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Morning, Mrs. And I love what you just said, Ida. That you have a partner, but um, sometimes you still feel very lonely and alone. And and I have I don't have a partner, <laughs> but I have learned that loneliness is an inside job. It has nothing to do with bodies being on you know near me or close to me. It has to come from inside out, and it's really based in my relationship with with my creator. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Yes, that's a very good day. I'm glad you made it, Sandra. Sandra, dear, dear. This is Donna, and I live alone and have actually pretty much been alone my whole life. And what I've, when the thought of being alone um, enters my mind at this point in my walk, with a lot of the Course of Miracles under my belt, I understand that the Course is teaching me that's impossible. We are never, ever alone. So it's just a, it's a mistaken thought. And mistaken thoughts are nothing. And once we remove our belief from a mistaken thought that I can be alone and focus on what really is that we're always with God, mistakes have no place to be. And 
my consciousness. And I pull myself out of the stupor and remind myself of that because it is that it is that it is that emotional negativity that that we have been taught since birth to entertain that actually distances us from God's immediate assistance. We have to we have to simply say, I'm not alone. God, hey, you're here. Uh, you know, get on the post and 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 teach me something. So uh, not only will I know I'm not alone, but I'll be a blessing to those I travel with. So I try to remember to value truth, to value God, and to value my own divinity, and then to recognize everyone else's divinity and that's why i've started calling everyone my sibling uh so thank you i always love hearing from you ida you spark so much inspiration i am complete thank you donna oh what a blessing that was thank you donna This is Harrison. For me, I have come to realize that we're all alone in the world. Um, because not, no partners or friends or others really exist in the world. I don't exist in the world. So there's there's nothing or no one to connect with. I understand that uh, sometimes throughout our experience, um, seeming experience as a body that we believe ourselves to be connecting with others physically as bodies. But what I'm learning is in reality we're not connecting physically or as bodies at all because the physical and bodies do not exist in truth. And if we, if I limit myself and depend on and place belief in those connections as bodies, then I'm depending on nothing. I'm connecting to nothing. When I connect to what seem to be other bodies as part of spirit, we connect as uh, sons of God. That, that we're all 
in that oneness of the Son of God that they reflect the Spirit, uh, the one Spirit that we all share. I goes back to that line, God himself is incomplete without me. God himself is incomplete without our brother. We're all of the seeming separate ones are complete in God as we are. And and that's the 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 challenge I think for me is to uh, to not um, attack separation, but because to attack separation is to make it real, but to accept the unrealness of separation, if I could use the word, that the, the separation never occurred, and therefore it doesn't exist. And the forms that reflect separation, I have to convert those, I have to see those as reflection of oneness. And if I don't see them as reflections of oneness, reflections of the whole, then I won't gain the benefit Harrison, are you still talking because I can't hear you? Can anybody hear me? Yeah, it seemed like Harrison just kind of dropped. Oh, well, I just wanted to say... I'm hearing you. Thank you. I wanted to say that I think that everything you guys said has validity. I also think that what I said has validity. You know the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, I think it takes a village to raise an adult as well. <laughs> and I think that one day it will be different and better. Um, um, I need time alone. But we see God in other people, in other people, in plants and flowers, in the mountains, in the animals, and with other people as much as we do alone. And according to the Course, it's definitely time for that because... Because he always says that we find our salvation through forgiveness. That's where we have our atonement and our healing 
with our brother, quote unquote. So we're not if we're not with a brother then you know, thanks. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Yeah, this is Sandra again, and I always find that the work that we do solo is just as important as the work that we do in partnership. They're both very, or they both can be very challenging, but both very, very worthwhile. So I want to honor and respect your relationship, Ida. I'm complete. Yes, I agree. Good point. Thank you. That is so true. Thank you, Sandra. This is Harrison. I accidentally hit my phone. Um, (laughs) But let me just say this. I wasn't saying what I said to be critical of anybody else's beliefs. You know, we're all on our same journey. Um, And the Holy Spirit can use any and everything, uh, including other bodies, uh, to help us see the truth. All it needs is our willingness. And uh, we can use groups of people, we can use one person uh, who's physically there, who's not physically there, uh, to help us, help lead us to the truth. All we have to do is to be willing. That's all the task of us. And that's what I hear uh, from everybody on this forum and uh, around the world, actually, is the willingness to realize the truth of who they are. That, for me, is what this is all about. I'm complete. Yes. Thank you, Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. Thank you, Harrison. See, it's Jude. I slipped back in for a few minutes. I was reading something in Thomas Merton the other day, and um, he spoke of of looking um, in men for God, and then there's the, the other way of looking for God in men. And the looking for God in men is the solitary part, that I'm looking for my perfection in God and, and how I'm, you know, how I'm trying to, um, to recognize that, that he is doing me um, 
most perfectly is when I get out of the way. And then in looking in men for God, I'm looking for myself in them. And this is how that forgiveness comes in, because if I look at my brothers and sisters as I see myself, not as different, not comparing um, who's better, who's worse, but that I can see my ears and my mistakes in others, but I see them still as myself, my one self. So if I can still see that there's something that's still gnawing at me that I need to forgive. And um, there's something that I learned in AA. If I have um, one finger pointing out, I've got three pointing back at me. And that's what the ego would like to keep hidden and would like um, me to project upon the world. So, you know, something that you said, Lori, yesterday about seeing only the good and um, coming to that, um, seeing only the goodness, that's the Holy Spirit's perception. When I'm looking through the eyes of pure perception and seeing only goodness and nothing bad about it, then I know I'm getting closer to um, how God would have me be. And um, so it's all a holy relationship. And, and back to something I shared um, about the, the triunal relationship, um, restoring me to the wholeness, because the Holy Spirit, you know, the text says he didn't exist before the fall happened, that we se- before we separated ourselves from God, and that, you know, when God gave it, us his answer, which was the Holy Spirit, that he added more to it. It didn't take take anything away, but it's like, you know, he's helpful, but he's not necessary because what we are and always have been in truth is just something that needs to be restored to our memory that we have forgotten it. Or we superimpose our own ideas and beliefs on, upon who and what we think we are via the ego, the separate judging evaluation, thinking on this and that and not everything. So the... um holy relationship, you know, as I see others, as I think about others, as I treat others, you know, and that, being mindful of that kind of thinking and aware that I am thinking about these things in all my relationships is where the meditation practice actually is, and I have to be aware of how my thinking puts my mind in a state of illusion, of falsity and um, not being in the truth. And so either way, either I um, I come to the totality via my re- personal relationship with God and my, um, you know, questioning my thinking strictly through the Holy Spirit and then um, through my relationships too because nothing's, everything's included in it. <laughs> Nothing can be excluded there's no slipping out or hiding in the back room. <laughs> you got to burn down the house. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad you're here. So, so very glad. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Yes, thank you, Judy.
Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And I'd like to share something just really quickly. I know we're getting close to the end of this call or the end of this recording. But I'm recalling that um, at the beginning of this chapter, he's, he said something remarkable, really remarkable in light of today's lesson. And speaking about the ego, he said, it is not true. It is not true that you do not know this guide is insane. You know it because I know it, and you have judged it by the same standard as I have. Isn't that a remarkable statement? You know it because I know it. You know it because I know it. Um, when I when I consider that, whoop, there's one unmuted line. I don't know which it is. Um, but anyway, I'm reminded of that quote: um, "The mind we share is shared by all our brothers, and as we see them truly, they will be healed." And this reading has has some really awesome stuff in it. Uh, remember, we talked earlier about conflict must be intra-mental before it is intra-personal. All conflict, all conflict originates from belief in the ego thought system, the belief in separation based on sin, guilt, and fear. Because you know this isn't true, because I know this isn't true. In light of today's lesson, Oh my goodness sakes. He says, truth. No, no. In paragraph 10, begin by asking capital him who goes with you upon this undertaking that his, his he be in your awareness as you go with him, capital him. You are not made of flesh and blood and bone, but were created by the self-same thought which gave the gift of life to him as well. He is your brother. And so like to you, your father knows that you are both the same. It is your capital self, your Christ mind, that you asked to go with you. And how could he be absent where you are? <laughs> this is just such a beautiful statement. When I realize that the mind we share I share my mind with you. I did not come to share my body with you. I came to share my mind with you. And every word in this book is through the Christ mind. Every word of it. And that mind is shared by all our brothers. As we see them truly, they will be healed. Ida, you spoke about how it's the destiny that the sonship will be one. And that is absolutely true. And as I learn to see my brothers everywhere, part of me, part of capital S self, I realize the truth of the statement, I cannot be separated from my capital self. Your brothers are everywhere. And as you see them truly, they will be healed because the whole belief in the ego thought system in sin, guilt, and fear is based upon a lie. And Judy said, when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. 
and that took me straight to the Bible in John chapter 8. And he begins that beautiful chapter with uh, how everyone was gathered around this woman caught in adultery. And they were ready to stone her because that was the law. And Jesus said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And he started writing in the sand. And when he looked up, everyone was gone. And he said, woman, is there no one here to condemn you? And she said, no. And he said, neither do I. Neither do I. And then he goes into some of the most beautiful literature ever written in the Bible and recorded in the Gospel of John. I come from my Father. He who is of the Father hears the Father and knows the Father. The truth will set you free. Ask him who goes with you. Ask him who goes with you because the mind we share is shared by all our brothers. And as we see them truly, they will be healed. Healed of what? Healed of the belief in error. Healed of the belief in separation based on sin, guilt, and fear. None of that is true. And you know what? If God doesn't see it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything at all. God himself is incomplete without us. Isn't it just an awesome section? Salvation and God's will. What do I need to do? Let it come. Let it come. Listen to the Holy Spirit as he helps me unlearn everything I thought I knew. And fills my mind with truth that sets me free. Except the atonement is the only way to peace. And what is the atonement except I and my brother are one. I and God are one. I am my capital self. From which we call to all our brothers to join with us and consummate our joy. This is what we're here for, to see truly. Just to see truly. And to learn that giving and receiving are one. Wasn't yesterday a beautiful lesson? Oh, my goodness. Father, tell me, what does it mean, giving and receiving our one in truth? I think I'm complete. Thank you all. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Very beautiful and heartwarming, Lori. Thank you. This is Yogi Chris. Morning, Chris. Hey there, this is Steve, just checking in. I decided to get in the car and drive to 
Asheville, North Carolina, maybe stop halfway. No plans. My plan is to, as little as possible, plan the future. Uh, just shake it up with no expectations. So right now I'm in the car and listening to the, even packing. I said, oh, bring a, bring a cooler, bring some eggs, soft-boiled, hard-boiled some eggs. Everything is uh, being provided. And I have no plan. I don't even know whether I'm going to continue. I might just get the boys to turn around, make it 180. Uh, so this is an adventure. I love it. I don't have to work. I don't have a dog to take care of. So I'm, uh, I'm as free as God. I'm complete. That's beautiful, Steve. I feel you. That's joy. great, Steve. Enjoy. Do it. You too. It's no different for anybody. We don't know what the next second will hold. I'm complete. Yeah. That old saying, live life to the fullest. Sounds like you're doing it. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve, Chris, and Harrison. <laughs> Can't forget about the guys. Hi, this is Yogi Chris. I'd like to share about how my joyous truth has corrected errors in my mind through giving those errors over and allowing them to pass and asking for a more loving and joyous way of looking. 
yesterday I started a course of love group, an in-person course of love group, and it was so filled with blessings. Um, and one of the biggest blessings came in the form of just surrendering and watching my mind um, as it all unfolded and being anchoring myself in the present moment through this vehicle of the the body that tells me the experiences of of what is happening as I am looking to correct any error <laughs> show up uh, I love how um, spirit um, orchestrated and unfolded all that needed to happen to match that joyous truth. And it came in the form of people bringing pizza. One one person brought a, a box of pizza and it was just enough for everyone. Uh, another gentleman that served the church there, the Unity Church, uh, he serves it in so many ways. And I saw him there, and I was being guided to say hello. And lo and behold, he has a Facebook page where he helps others um, in sharing the course of love. And, of course, in miracles, he has two little community gatherings, and he's been involved in both for quite a while. I didn't know that. And he decides to give me a, a, a cell phone that controls the door when anyone is uh, knocking to come into a church because it's after hours. I could see the, the video there and slide the bar and let them in. I, don't have, I didn't need to delegate someone to be in front of the, near the door to watch the door. I could be in the group and really focus on the group. And he was so caring and loving in so many ways. And it just, and I, they, they brought me an angel in the form of a dear friend who showed up and mentor and showed up uh, halfway into the group. And I had coffee with her and we shared some wonderful time along the ocean, and and it's just amazing as I just correct any errors in my mind and see it in a more loving, peaceful, joyous way, and and um, sometimes be with that as a caring father would be with a son when. The feelings are pretty, the emotions are there, and uh, I, could, I could take some time to be with myself. I did in a, in a quiet time to just, just uh, be with that, and oh my goodness, there's so many good things that unfolded at that time. It's, it's neat how our loving Spirit within us gives us all we need to do, know, or have to make that kind of 
outcome happen? How can I not say, you know, this present moment, I give to you, be you in charge, and I follow you, and if I need a word, that'll be given to me, and a way of looking will be given to me. And that's, it was just an example that I wanted to share. And of course, as I'm sh- sharing it now, I could feel the joy that was associated with that, a very present joy. So I'm complete. Thank you. Good to be here. Oh, you transmitted that perfectly, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. See, that experience that you had that day is what we all meet pretty much every day. <laughs> that kind of experience. And uh, it will happen. And... Um, what was I going to say? Was I going to say anything else about that? Um, no, that's all. <laughs> Thank you. That's lovely. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ida. And Steve and Chris, uh, welcome. <laughs> I... Mm. Yeah, I won't go into how the call is not yet end. The recording is not yet ended. I'll just offer something from Boy. the week. Pardon? I said, it's not. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, it contains these at the end. Of And so I'd like to offer a paragraph from yesterday's lesson as the closing, perhaps to be followed by uh, one of Lori's more poetic closings, if she wishes. Well, yeah, paragraph four from yesterday's lesson. Today the promise of God's word is kept. Hear and be silent. He would speak to you. He comes with miracles a thousand times as happy and as wonderful as those you ever dreamt or wished for in your dreams. His miracles are true. They will not fade when dreaming ends. They end the dream instead and last forever. For they come to they come from God to his dear son whose other name is you. Oh, that was perfect. One line. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're all welcome.